doing? And to podcast. They're running like slime bait from a spiel fox. This isn't war. This is Potter Whocast. Hello, how are you doing? Um, right into it. Nice and smooth. Um, this is David. This is me. Hello, how are you doing? Hello, 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 hello. Um, I said three hellos twice to signify there being six people here. Um, because I'm seeing double. Because there's clones. See double mm-hmm. here. Two days. <laughs> <laughs> um, who, who else wants this? <laughs> That's a quick mature. Uh, hello, uh, special guest, uh, Sam Hugney. <laughs> <laughs> and who else is here, as always? I. I'm a clone of Michelle, wow. which uh, is a way for Michelle to be in this episode, but I guess sort of play a negative role, maybe? I don't really know. Um, you'd think <laughs> if you could tell... Yeah, if you could tell that I am a clone, you'd think you'd do something early. Well, actually, they do give a good reason why he doesn't do something yeah. early, so maybe I'm just being mean for no reason. Well, let's you're, move on. You're in your, your hater here. You're yeah. Um, I'm being a hater. The Santarans gone Ricky tried. mode. Gone Ricky mode. God. Ricky, as in they've gone Ricky mode. <laughs> everyone, everyone, get down, get down. And uh, <laughs> someone walks into a, like a, a a bar or a, a, a bank or something. They're they, they're just the same person. Only they've got parking tickets. Um, right. The Santaran stratagem. Um, yes. I, I still can't spell stratagem. Uh, the poison sky. S t r a t a g e m. Yeah. I forgot the last one. <laughs> Try to gym. More, more like for the office gym. Uh, they were broadcast 26th of April and the 3rd of May. May the 3rd be with you. Uh, 2008. Uh, written by Helen Rayner, who we won't be talking about. Um, but for uh, reasons I think... <laughs> We've we spoken about her before in context of, you know, she wrote um, Daleks in Manhattan and Evolution of Daleks last season. I... She wrote uh, Ghost Machine, the Torchwood episode that we're very fond of, Michelle, for the fact that it's mm-hmm. kind of stupid and that guy walks into a knife. Um, uh, we, won't, we won't be talking about her outside of her career because I don't know if it, legally we can. Um, Wait. Oh, no. Uh, uh, Do we talk I, about this? I'm typing Do we it. talk about this? And I forgot. Is it time for what is up with this island? Um, I, I, it's my very handles much... do go up whenever there's like <laughs> any of the like free writers' names that I don't recognize. I'm just always yeah. like, Who's I was this? like, oh, oh, oh uh, no, do yes. they have a Twitter account? Oh no, uh, Facebook <laughs> account, allegedly is, is what we're talking about here. Um, but this, directed by uh Douglas McKinnon, who will come back later for series like series seven stuff. He's um, he's a, a big Moffat era guy, and he also directed uh, series one of Good Omens with Tennant and Mike Machine, um, which we'll, all, we'll talk about that, that as well in a couple of years because there's a reason why that show is the way it is, and it it runs with Slight Mare and Nilver. Um, the gist? Do you want to hear the gist of this one? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So. The Doctor is called back to Earth by Martha Jones. Don't know if you remember her. She's kind of, you know, she was like, she was some obscure like, torture character who was in like three episodes, um, kind of hanging out there, you know. Um, so this allows Donna to go and hang out with her family again. Uh, the Santarans, they're back. 
they're behind some fancy emissions technology, and they're, they're using this like child prodigy called Luke Radigan as a front to you know get it installed in all the cars. Um, it turns out they're planning to use uh, Earth as like a reproduction center using fumes from this this system. It's called Atmos. Um, the doctor stops them, but uh, he doesn't like stop them. Stop them. He has to you know maybe blow them up and sacrifice himself in the process. So Luke Radigan goes up in his place and goes Santa ha, and he he hits a button and it explodes. Um, at the end of it, then Martha and Donna are in the tires with the doctor, and they're saying goodbye to Martha. And then the door swings shut, and his hand that's in the jar starts bubbling, and the tires. Uh, kidnaps Martha with the, the doctor and Donna, and they go off to to some unknown location, which we'll find out about next week. Um, it's very purple. It's so purple. The color correction here, they were like, "Yeah, yeah, make this look like Grimace." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's so, so weird. It's so purple. And the thing that that strikes me the most is once again they committed the the Cyberman mistake of. If you're going to hide that it's Santarans and you're going to make such a big deal of revealing them, why name the first episode Santaran Stratagem? Why not just name it the Poison Sky and then the second one is Santaran Stratagem? Like, it's the same thing with the freaking Cyberman. Yeah. The first episode I... was called Rise of Cyberman. <laughs> they do play their, heart, their hand a lot earlier, it feels like, in this episode, though. Like, there's a little bit of, like, it, it reminded me of um, Empress of the Ragnos with them, like, scheming from behind the scenes. But then when they do just sort of show up in the mansion, you're about half an hour in, so you're kind of expecting them. Whereas uh, Cybermen, it's like, they're smashing through the walls. Oh, my God, whoa, it is the Cybermen. And it's like, come on, we knew. <laughs> we knew. <laughs> um, so it's got that. Honestly, I, I, I man, me and David have been talking about it in the DMs a bit because... It, it was kind of impossible to hold the hyphen. Like, kind of, kind of wasn't expecting him to go this like hard. I don't know. I, I mean, obviously, I'm checking the right? temperature with Michelle, but like, I was expecting these to have aged a lot worse. And they're just they're just great episodes. <laughs> like, so many of my notes are just like, this moment's great. This moment's really funny. This moment's uh, like iconic. It's like, yeah. I was I was really like pleasantly surprised. I have to say, to me, this is one of the Series 4 episodes I remember the least. I did watch this one. Uh, viewers might remember I said I didn't watch uh, Fires of Pompey, Pompeii ugh, and um, the one after that. I haven't. I didn't watch them when I first watched Series 4, but this is one mm -hmm. of the ones I did watch, and I remember very little of the second part. Like, I remember the first part. And then I was, and then the second part was like, "Where is the fire in the sky? Like, the, like how long mm -hmm. is it going to take to that?" That's the only part I remember. Um, yeah, I forgot the chronology I, I, of certain things. Like yeah. certain, certain scenes like could fit into either episode in some ways. Yeah, um, it's the most um, seamless two-parter, where it does feel like each of them are what they're they're both one complete story, as opposed to like. And now the tone is changing or something like that, which I do feel is a recurring topic, not a problem, but a recurring feature of Doctor Who two-parters, where the second part always has something a little bit different. Um, this one is the one that felt the most seamless. I do have to say, though, it's like everything, I think this ties with like World War Three for the episode where I'm like, oh, this clearly aged very poorly. And then you watch it and you're like, Oh no, they were actually right on the mark. Like literally everything there this episode is talking about is still a thing today. Yeah. It is arguably more of a thing. I would mm -hmm. say this is the first por fictional portrayal of Mark Zuckerberg in media, but is it like was Mark Mark Zuckerberg a thing in 2008? I don't think he was, but I was watching this and I was thinking like in just 2 years we're going to get Jesse Eisenberg as Mark Zuckerberg mm -hmm. in the social network. And there's a lot of like connective tissues here from like the child genius thing. He's a billionaire. He invented a search engine. Software makes you rich. And it's the young people who are dealing with now. And nobody has ever said him no. And he's clearly a little creep. And it's like there's so much connective here. Well, yeah, Zuckerberg was named one of the most influential people in the world in 2008. So I think it is you could make an argument that. Russell D. Davis was like, hmm, 
this boy is weird. I mean, again, oh, Helen Rayner was like, a, this boy's weird. It's following in a fun tradition of um, weird, like rich and powerful people. Like we had like Henry Staten in like the first series, yeah. and then uh, obviously Lumic in series two. Um, yeah, I. It's always interesting trying to like tell where the satire is coming from. Um, I mean, like. I, I wrote it in my notes like the way Ragan speaks is super Shapiro. Like we were, we were, <laughs> we we had a like Shapiro bit in the last episode. He yeah. is like dialed in. It's crazy <laughs> how like prescient it is. Hypothetically speaking, if I was working with the Santarans, hypothetically speaking, <laughs> I would not be working with the Santarans because the Shataras are not evil, and you are therefore making an illogical assumption. Like he literally talks like that. Yeah, if I had nothing to personally gain from working with the Centaurans, why would I be working with them? <laughs> I'm doing it for the betterment of humanity. I mean, oh man. I, I, have, I, I have made a, a breeding, pro- breeding program, breeding system. Like, he would definitely say yes. that. No, absolutely. I mean, I, I, you know, that's enough. Of, there's so many like moving parts in this episode, but they, it, it doesn't feel like anything's out of place. But there were just so many little details like that I forgot. Like, I forgot that he had his weird little like sort of cult Th- these like guys mm-hmm. that he was like this educational institute or whatever um right. and- hitler youth which i was like yeah. jesus right yeah. like, <laughs> they just say it like, out loud like that yeah um I, but it, I, I think part of why i forgot is they're very downplayed in the episode but they do obviously have that major turning point where he's like detailing how he's going to repopulate the human race and move to this new planet and everyone's just like the hell are you on about like even, yeah. if, even if you're not completely insane, like I don't care about this right now. Yeah, um, I just, uh, I, I just find parts like that where like the egos of people that are so separated from reality get shattered like that. I mean, we're living it every day on Twitter at the moment, so uh, <laughs> maybe that. I love how it's especially <laughs> strong. You know what also got to me when the doctor is like, well, but. If you're making a device that makes cars clean, more people are going to drive and therefore the oil is going to run off faster and you just formed mm. another problem. And Luke's response to that is, well, actually, it's a tautology and you can't say Atma system because system is part of the, the word Atmos. It's like he never acknowledges <laughs> the problem that he's a part of. He, and, he, he's like two steps away from calling the doctor a pedo guy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's the exact kind of like rebuttal. Yeah. Uh, three parentheses, the doctor. <laughs> three parentheses. Luke <laughs> 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 Radigan is, yeah, is calling out the doctor on Twitter, and Elon oh, Musk God. is like, "We can't, we can't ban him. This would be a f- <laughs> free speech. He's got to call out the doctor." Is this guy American, by the way, Ryan Sampson? No, because he was British. not yeah, okay, but he was doing an American accent, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, then he's definitely doing Zuckerberg. I mean, it's like undeniable. It, it matches with the rise of Facebook. And mm-hmm. it, it does. I was thinking about this in the context of the way Doctor Who deals with modern day technologies. You know, you got you got your Ages of Steel where Russell T. Davis is like Bluetooth headphones. <laughs> but then, you, yeah, but then you have this, which is like. The first half is like a techno thriller, so concerned mm. with like, oh, like uh, you put this system in the com- in the car and they can t- control you remotely. And then the second half is just, and here's the Centaurans, which is why I'm like, this should they should switch the names. Like this fits much more the Poison Sky for this first one than the Centaurans stratagem because the second one just turns into like a, I would say a bit of a run of the mill sci-fi story with like hey let's fight the aliens and you can't shoot the aliens because they have the gobbledygook machine and the gobbledygook machine makes it so you can't shoot the aliens and they're like well how do we stop the aliens well i'll have the gobbledygook machine you know like the, the, it, the yeah. it turns into kind of that the poison sky the titular poison sky is in the second episode though hmm I will say, like, uh, the, the stratagem part is definitely more in the first one, because, like, at the second they start going all like, oh, a soldier doesn't uh, show his back or whatever. I mean, you know, they're doing some of that in the first part as well, but yeah, um, I, I think the naming makes sense. I, I, again, I, I don't think they're trying to make the Sontarans as much of a surprise in the first part. Um, yeah. 
but uh yeah it is it is always just funny when uh you know you can tell the episode's trying to build up some sense of suspense but you already kind of know that <laughs> you know yeah, what the reveal absolutely. is gonna be yeah, it's called the sundar stratagem but i feel oh, like if you're a kid and you never seen you never seen <clears throat> you don't know what the centaurans are it might yeah. be a surprise yeah it's um i think part of it is like the thrill of seeing what they're going to look like because they're this yes. reimagined version of an older monster i think that's what they're building up to more um and because they're more uh i, I mean you know the sontarians have changed look like constantly like they've <laughs> they constantly <laughs> go between being like short and tall um and then i mean they, they don't really get a dedicated episode like this again in the series because i mean we have strax later who's under this look and then they yeah, sort of go away for a bit and then uh it's and not until war the... and Taurus <laughs> that they come back yeah um which i was so tempted to watch after this one because i could i, I could just feel strokes of how like absolutely like sicko that episode goes yes, with the i actually uh. think thinking about this redesign of the centaurans i actually prefer the Chibnall era design of Centaurans because in this one there's this attempt to make them look less like clay and have a little bit of more the eyes particularly like if you take a look at the photos of the Centaurans here and then you take a look at the photos of Centaurans and War of Centaurans like you can still see their eyes in War of Centaurans but it looks weirder it looks more built in it looks like more sunken in more like a potato for like a better a better world word and i prefer that design personally although i do think the guy who plays the lead Taran, not dan starkey although let's say hey, welcome to the show dan starkey you're never gonna leave this place that's uh, incredible <laughs> Star- yeah he is really good the guy who plays uh what's his name it's uh star style yeah Stahl Stahl is really good. nigel planer from um what's it called uh the young ones plays so, um, I think no I way. Think, yeah, yeah. It's Nigel Planer. It's 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 this. It's not the guy. It's not it the guy. It's Christopher Ryan. Christopher Ryan. And Nigel Planer is um the fucking uh, Nigel. Uh, he's in um he's in something. You I mean, surprised. Yeah, Christopher Ryan. Nigel Planer going for it. He, he played he, Vorgan's son yeah. in Doctor Who. The monsters are coming. Well, oh. well. <laughs> The monsters are coming. <laughs> the monsters are coming. <laughs> Watch out! The monsters are coming. Um, yeah. Open I, wide. I, if I, what, what, the, on that point, on like this entire design, like I just kind of think it's it's one of those kind of designs where it's fairly hard to fuck up. I don't think they have yet, but I also just kind of don't like the color scheme of the whole purple indigo kind of kind of mismatch. Um, what I do like, what I do like, is um, all the stuff, and this is like the complete pivot to like Donna's half the story. I think is really yeah. really good. Yeah, um, yeah, it's great. It's it's them aliens again, as as Will says. Mm-hmm. Oh, Wilf, Wilf just shines in this. Werner Cribbins yeah. is so good. It's and great. Like, yeah, go ahead. I, I mean, I mean, it's continuing to build off um, the past couple episodes with Donna's like emotional resolution. I, it really feels like Catherine Tate potentially saw the feedback that uh, the character of Donna got in Christmas Invasion. and was like, oh, she just screams and, you know, she's just comic relief. And she's like, right, you want emotion. I'm giving you emotion. I'm giving you yeah. like this personal connection like you know the part where she's walking down the street and she's seeing the kid playing with the football and she's like remembering all these experiences even though it's only been you know three episodes at that point three stories Mm -hmm. she's uh had so many experiences that are just like so impossible to um draw parallels to in her everyday life and uh, just the way that she's just so overwhelmed with emotion upon like seeing wilf again and like um getting to feel ah, man i don't know it's so hard to explain but like it, it's just part of why like why donna like resonates so much i think she she really gets that like a down-to-earth quality um 
in a way that the other companions definitely had, but wasn't wasn't able to be hit in quite the same way. Yeah, it's yeah. it's also like it. How do I put this? The joy that she gets from hearing her mom complain about stuff, like when mm. her mom's complaining, and you can see in her face she's like, "Oh, oh, you! I love you, you, you big galoot." It's like yeah. it's it's a good moment. It's a good little moment which we haven't had. Not even like like Rose couldn't do that. Rose mm. couldn't do that. We have like I mean like in Donna's mom we have like strokes of both uh, Francine uh, Martha's uh, mother and like um, Jackie as well. It, it's like you know she's quite catty but also quite um, uh, analytical and protective. So. I, I find that like it's a really interesting counterpoint to Donna how they're like constantly fighting, but you can see it does come from a place of love. Um, yeah, it's it's just ah oh, man, I I love Donna's arc and like the way that uh, she interacts with her family. It's just it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Oh yeah. man, I don't I don't even know what else to talk about. There's there's like it feels like there's so much to cover, but like um, mm. it's just it's everywhere. I mean, like David, mm-hmm. like feel free to hop in. This unit, um, I want to talk. Well, oh my god, yeah, unit, we haven't talked yeah, about the unit. unit. Yeah, the unit, unit is back, and they've got a and big they're truck. a private. <laughs> they're a fucking. It's, they are not affiliated with the UN. The UN. Yeah. Do not get confused. Even though they do say that the brigadiers in Geneva, which yeah, it, it, at that point you're, you're you're risking getting arrested by the UN again, guys. Um, the the big trucks remind me of the fact that when I was in school, um, there used to be a cinema. In a truck that used to visit our our, our village, um, and I I'm I'm still not sure how they do that. The big truck is like the whole thing with unit in this. This like this is how I like I love when the show works stuff like you know it's like oh we have you know the big helicarrier in, in our in our back pocket there might as well just like bring that into right. the story as well. It, the valiant, it, yeah, it's like a good way of like building out like the the world of the show in ways where like I think. The the, the Moffat area, the way he uses unit, I think, kind of works really well off that. Um, it, which is why I kind of think them getting rid of unit, in like in, like in Joey's era, feels kind of weird. Um, I'm glad they're going to bring it back up to scratch in towards the end. Um, I just love I love unit. You know, I I, I, I love unit that. is great. Yeah, I I think Unit in this one, it's fascinating how Unit changed because now that I'm watching this episode, I have seen more of Unit in the past, and in the past, Unit has felt like the army. They're the army. In this one, it's like they're like a private, like they're the Department of Homeland Security, or they're like a private mm-hmm. security company. They dress on the way they dress, the way they act, the way they refer to each other. It's like. It's army-ish, but it's no longer the army. And then you get to the Moffat era, where it's like with Kate Stewart, and they sort of turn into, well, they turn into S.H.I.E.L.D. They basically turn into (laughs) S.H.I.E.L.D. from the Marvel Universe. Like, down to the same uh, style of, like, presentation and how they show up and and what they do in the plots. But it's fascinating to me because in this one, it's like, it's a very pointed transformation of unit of like of turning them into a little bit more militaristic, a little bit more gun ho, a little bit more well, like straight up like site Guantanamo Bay, which is like for a family show on the BBC to be like, oh, someone could be like, it's like Guantanamo Bay out there. That's like they wouldn't do that today in like an American show. They wouldn't say it's like Guantanamo Bay out there. Um, but they did here, and it fascinates me because it shows unit as a growing changing feature of this universe which is something that's really really cool about doctor who like that something can continue to exist even if the doctor isn't around and then Mm. there's these gaps that we just sort of imply and imagine and then nick briggs comes in and does a couple box sets but it still feels like the world moves on even when the doctor isn't there. Mm. The um, the slime bait from a spiel box set. Um, I'm going to do that one. But there's like so many. Like, like we, Dan Stark. I want to talk about Dan Stark because Dan Starkey is like, 
like Chris Ryan's obviously going for it. Like you know, he's he's giving the the kind of you know the planet is going nuclear. Yeah. 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 I love that line. <laughs> this is a dwarf. This is sport. And Dan Stark is going to. Hey, yeah, they don't get they, they, when they're truly sicko mode is the best the Centaurans are. They got to be more so sicko good. mode. Yeah, these guys like, have. Yeah, them like openly like licking their lips and stuff in like war is like so good. And more of the Centaurans just wonderful. Because if they're just guys who like war and who think war is mm-hmm. honorable, then they're just the Klingons. The difference between the Klingons and the Centaurans is that the Centaurans get off on war. <laughs> Like, the Klingons are like, we are an honor-bound, war-faced society, and we talk like this, but we kill each other, and that's great. And the Centaurans are like, yeah, yes, they're going nuclear. Again, like, the way they play off, like, uh, Luke, because Luke's going, like, fairly sicko mode in, like, (laughs) quite an egotistical way, but the Centaurans are like, yes, we're continuing the race. Like, oh, don't you love it, boy? Like, the... The yeah. way they come up to him. I mean, it makes the, the way that they, like, betray him eventually, like, kind of all the funnier. Because it's like, well, yeah. of course this is going to happen. <laughs> like, what did you think was going to happen? We're going to use you as target practice, which is such good. Such a good moment. I think the leopards eating faces party was going to eat my face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's that moment as well where Luke says something and uh, Style gives him, like, a look like, what the fuck are you, talk- are you talking about? And this continues talking after. It's like. Like, yeah. it's such a it's such a good like interplay. Um, they're such like f- like comedically like they're such funny episodes as well. It's like there is like still there's still like a lot of stakes and like there are some cases yeah. where like the comedy's really weirdly placed. Like you have you know that scene where they're all outside in the gas masks and the doctor just randomly goes oh, me and it's like my mama me. <laughs> Just and he, he straight really up goes like, "Take this moment. seriously, my guy." Like <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> wow. Um, but like I, I, I was just really. I think it's it's just so well suited for that style of like, um, like light Saturday entertainment. Again, it's got there's still stakes of in the story, but like the fact that the Santarans are like reveling in it so much. I think I, I just would really love to see them show up more. Honestly, I know that's always like a bit of a um, monkey's paw whenever you ask yeah. for someone to come back, but like they're just fun they're just really fun yeah. and funny i love that they, they even like um one of their big grudges and their access to and the doctors like that they weren't allowed in the time war they're, they're just like <laughs> you just weren't invited <laughs> um which is just great that's just fantastic um yeah yeah we didn't even talk about martha jones too Martha yeah. Jones is in this Martha episode. Well. Martha Jones walked so Agent Colson could run. Because, like, <laughs> the way she is in this episode, which, by the way, they don't really talk about the fact that she was just with the Torchwood guys. She like, you'd saw, think, yeah, <laughs> yeah you think she would be like, hey, Doctor. Hey, Doctor, uh, I saw Owen Harper fight a big uh, skeleton. And the doctor's school. like, I will not acknowledge what you just said. <laughs> I do not, I, you cannot make me care. Yeah. Um, there's literally a point where I, one character says to either her or the clone, remember Captain Jack? And that's like the one Torchwood illusion and like the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> I think I thought I thought he was going to be like, yeah, I know you've been meeting him. It's like, oh, no, yeah. no, I guess we're not going to do that. Well, you can't they kind of, um... The kids <laughs> will like, watch, like, we're like, oh, Torchwood, I can watch that. And then they, they, yeah. They, yeah. <laughs> and then they they open Cyberwoman and <laughs> brains just melt. <laughs> and just immediately yeah, get blown it, it back and Apparently, the table that she's in lying in is the same table as the one from Cyberwoman, which is like you know recycling. That's good. Oh wow! We should, okay, we should all recycle a little bit more. Yeah. It's really good. Um, that is funny. It, it is a shame that obviously with the clone stuff, she gets sidelined quite quickly um mm-hmm. you know they, they go through some stuff with her i i like her sort of warning to donna to sort of like connect with her family because that is one of the big um sort of uh, emotional points for martha that she didn't communicate with her family enough and then they ended up entwined in the whole saxon thing um but like aside from that you know 
she gets replaced by the clone and you can tell that the doctor clocks the clone almost immediately and then again they play that off later um i think much like the Santaran reveal it, it's not like oh when's the doctor gonna figure out it's like well when's the doctor gonna like when's the prestige like when's the doctor gonna be like yeah okay fuck off like i don't need you anymore <laughs> yeah it's um what can I, I, I'm trying to figure. <laughs> uh, does anyone? I have a point I want to make, and I think you guys might not agree with me, but I hope you do. Is this the closest New Who gets to the John Pertwee era? Um, it does feel to me like a John Pertwee episode. You know, they, they allude mm. to uh, aspects of the stories a surprising amount because they they obviously talk about the like the unit dating controversy. But but when but when like <laughs> when either. the first the first half of the first episode when the doctors in on Earth and they're solving like a story that has something to do with political themes and it kind of reminded mm. me a lot of the way the Perry story is played out. <laughs> Uh, you know all that was missing was him doing karate moves and <laughs> throwing a, a Santara into a wall as it screams. That, there's there's a, a, there's a clip of the sea devils going around um, where it's it's partly finding the sea devil, and like he like hits the sea devil and the scream that comes out of that fucking thing as he like he like fucks into a wall. Crazy. If you said because what it reminded me of a lot was um, the fourth Doctor story, the Android Invasion. Because there's like duplicates, there's the crowds who are like, you know, uh, budgets on errands. There's this guy who gets strung along the promise of like, you know, if you help us, we'll help you. But and like they're like supporting him, but then it turns out that they've been lying to him the entire time. There's unit, there's duplicates, there's like a ticking time bomb that they have to escape. Um, there's like a, a kind of a resonance with that, I think. I I, I get you with the Pertwee thing. I think those stories are maybe more Pertwee-ish down the line. Um, especially when, like, when... I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I I don't know. I really don't know. Um, maybe, like, um, Power of Free or something in terms of the, like, would... Stranded on Earth angle. Power of Free. Um, yeah, no, John Perry would never do. If John Perry was on Power of Three, he'd be like, "I'd sell karate chop this cube and he would kill everybody." You know, like cube, Brigadier. Don't be silly. We're the not going to do. I, I can't do John Perry. Every time, every time I try to do John Perry, I just do Daffy Duck. He needs to the list quite hard. Yeah, yeah. Cube, Brigadier. Don't be silly. We're not gonna do cubes. <laughs> and then he hops on Bastion and drives away. <laughs> Doctor, we need your help with us. No, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> Please, Brigadier, Santara's on cars. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> It's kind of cringe, <laughs> Brigadier, to be asked this. I'm, if I'm being honest, <laughs> Brigadier, you'll be quite cringe. You're a sussy baka. <laughs> I like to imagine. I like to imagine. What, what was it? There was a while back where they were doing this, which was like other doctors and other doctors' stories, which was like. You guys remember this? It was like a trend on Twitter for a while. Oh, yeah, yeah. They were like, it was like the fifth doctor and all like the um the. the Tenth Doctor's final stories. Yeah, know? Fifth Doctor and all yeah. the Tenth Doctor story. Yeah. And I just imagine like <laughs> the Sixth Doctor in this one, and he meets Luke, and Luke is like, "Atmos is in, in the tautology. You can't say Atmos system." And then Colin Baker just looks at him and slaps him in the face. <laughs> Quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> He's not even anything clever. <laughs> yeah. Go away, boy. <laughs> <laughs> he looks at he looks at Perry and Perry looks at him and they both go, Yeah, we're leaving. <laughs> God. Who who would be the absolute worst doctor? I know we're just going on a tangent. Who would be the absolute worst doctor in the story? Um probably one, because he'd be mm. like, What is a car? But <laughs> <laughs> hmm, which, which is in a car. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. 
um, something that that really caught me is uh, when the um, when like the smog is clearing, like the poison sky is clearing out with the fire and stuff. There's like that one shot of like New York or something where like there's like an office building. And they just incinerate the Empire State Building. Yeah, dude, I yeah. (laughs) I gotta say that. I gotta say that. It's like they come out and there's birds chirping and everyone's cheering. Like the reality (laughs) is that five seconds after that scene, fucking fried chicken would just be falling out of the sky (laughs) everywhere. Yeah, like it's it's a good idea. But yeah. it's always seemed to me a bit scary. Like somebody, I just want a line where they're like, oh, good thing the fire didn't hurt anyone. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> good thing I put the anti-convection current in. I, I do yeah, love there the you effect. Go. I do love how it goes from this fire and then it like inverts oh, and it's this it's, perfect it's, blue sky. It's fantastic. It's, yeah. it's so good. so satisfying. Um, something else and I do crazy. also love how the Suntarans just kind of in retaliation to that they're like that was fucking stupid <laughs> destroy the planet uh, let's just kill <laughs> them <laughs> let's just kill them that's the thing about Suntaran well that's the thing I like about this story is that it's like we just save the day and then there's an extra obstacle which is the Suntarans mm. are never going to retreat that's just not how, how they work and yeah. so the doctor's like, yes, yes, I got to do it. That's why, okay, I did remember why, why I brought up the other doctors. I think the 10th doctor's distaste of guns in this one, it's like, it comes across, and I hate using this word, it kind of feels like he's virtue signaling. Like he's turning to the eyes and going, I don't like guns. Remember, guys, I don't like guns. I don't like mm. guns. Mm. I hate guns. I hate guns. And he keeps, and it's like, shut the fuck up about the guns. And it's like, at the end of this series, in End of Time, he's going to be holding a gun. So it's like, yeah, it, yeah, I get why this was a feature for the 10th Doctor. That I do get. I absolutely mm. do get. And I don't have a problem with that. It's just that on this episode, it felt like they needed to hit that beat over and over. Yeah. And it felt repetitive almost it, as well as that like um you see here like what what spoiler like davros says like in a couple of weeks time like how he turns people into weapons and soldiers and stuff you have, like martha like you know completely soldier mindset like i'm 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 working with unit now I'm, I'm gonna call you back but i'm calling you back because we need you to like fight for us not because i want to talk to you i want to see you whatever you know yeah Is it re- yeah, yeah. But I would also say, yeah, I also say going back to the topic of Martha, I think she kind of gets shafted because for 70% of the story, she's a clone. Mm -hmm. It's not her. Mm -hmm. It's just a clone. And you, the doctor's like pretending that he doesn't know that she's a clone. And it kind of feels like, why would you bring her back if all she's going to do is just be a clone? And then they kind of, and then both that and the whole beating of the gun thing feel like it's building up to that moment where he goes up and sacrifices himself or tries to sacrifice himself to stop the Centaurans. Which is like... That's what it feels like it's all building up to. They needed you to remember that he doesn't use guns and that he doesn't like that so that the sacrifice is like properly set up and that, mm. that it can pay back for the whole like making Martha a soldier plot. But I feel like maybe they went a little bit... like like in, Like... They went a little bit overboard, you know. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and then Luke kind of, you know, Luke eats it, and that's kind of it for you know. Any good for of... Luke, he got a redemption. Counter, yeah, yeah. Again, uh, if this was a sixth Doctor, he would have just teleported <laughs> a bomb up to the <laughs> to the Sontars <laughs> and would have walked away and the bomb blew up and you just see like the fucking explosion in the sky and he'd be like, let's go, Perry. We're done here. Like, yeah. Um, it's kind of, it's, he's kind of like a reverse Adric, I just realized. Like, similar boy genius, but he oh decides God, to teleport into an explosion <laughs> rather than being unable to teleport out of it. <laughs> Man. The reverse Adric is... Um... <laughs> I love to do the reverse hat trick at home with my wife. 
Honey, I feel like the reverse star doing the reverse object today. Can we do it? Okay, but only <laughs> if we only if we do only if we do the fake Colin Baker, which is when you bring <laughs> Sylvester McCoy into your bedroom and he dresses up like Colin Baker. <laughs> I do have a few nitpicks I want to pick with the story, and I know we make fun of these people who do this, but I feel like these nitpicks are just funny to me. Uh, why have a soul? Why have a folder for staff sick days if your entire staff is fake? <laughs> like, it just feels like you're going a step beyond. Who are you doing this for? I did love that. That was that was so fun. <laughs> it almost feels like they uh, like somebody forgot that they're just making fake people and like, well, we got to build a bathroom, and nobody was like. But my guy, they don't go to the bathroom. They're clones. So, so it just kind of struck me a little bit as not like a reality breaking plot, but funny. Mm. Uh, I don't get why Wolf gets in the car at the end of the first part. He's like, we got to get it out of the street. It's like, you could do that from outside. You don't have to get into the car. <laughs> also, oh, the it's like. Is so good. I, this is what I was meaning to say. The first part is like quite like glacial like they spend a lot of time like building things up and it's like there's a lot of sitting down and having conversations um and then it's literally i mean i was like looking at the time i was like how long is left in the episode because this feels like it's been a long time and it's like with about like a minute left in the episode like the cliffhanger happens the sultara is like car. oh fuck it hit the button yeah Wolf's like, i've got to get this up the street like 80 yard in and then like the doors lock it's incredible. Yeah. It just it, it just <laughs> comes so fast. And then the obvious resolution the next week, which is exactly what I remember my mom saying the time was like, just smash the window. Smash the window. <laughs> yeah, like nobody is thinking. <laughs> it's it's like, instantly. also, it's like to, yeah, yeah, whenever they're stuck inside the, I think the thing I don't like about the Atmos cars is that they hang a lampshade on the fact that like every car has Atmos and it's a government contract. And then they run mm. when they're running away from the Centaurums and they notice Centaurs are involved in this. Why do they get into the car with Atmos? It's like, okay, maybe they don't have any other cars, but it's like, come on, guys, you you know that there's something weird going on. It's like that yeah. lady, like the lady is like, I'm going to expose Atmos. Let me get into my Atmos filled car. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, why do you have this? If you don't, the, the soldiers, I get it. There's a government contract, but that lady, I'm like, come on. You could have just gotten like a fucking, but I mean, Uber wasn't a thing back then. Yeah. I, I mean, they, they, do, they do get in a taxi in the second episode and they do outright say, it doesn't have Atmos on it. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, if they did the story nowadays, they would have, it would have, been a non-plus problem they would have just been like every car has this like as long as they have a chip and every car has a chip you're good and it's like yeah it's really fun also i just realized it's really funny that they uh that they take the uh cars driving themselves plot and uh use it yep. for like one sequence in spyfall <laughs> i figured it's so funny i like that mm. more self-driving cars Russell, if you're listening to me, I want a episode all about uh, self-driving cars. No, because I, I need it. No, I need we'll get, it. We'll get like another like Elon fucking parody, and we fucking oh anyone fucking yeah. I hope we get another Elon or whatever. Come back. Jack Robertson is not a if Jack Daniel Robertson Bar is not an Elon parody. parody. Jack Robertson is a if Daniel Barton can be. Up. <laughs> if you so Daniel who's Daniel Barton? Oh, 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 Spyfall, right. Yeah, oh, my God. Oh, what a waste of Lenny Henry. Sorry, I'm so sorry, guys. What a waste of Lenny Henry. Um, we should talk about how crazy the end of this episode is between the, the dramatic um, TARDIS, the departure at the end, and then the, the absolutely, like, completely OTT crazy next to trailer where it's like, it's, it's like, Mash come into like people's faces, like <laughs> yeah. The next time trailer is like genuinely one of the all-time best <laughs> in the series, and they know it. They're reveling in it so much. Mm -hmm. Um, where they're just like, uh, uh, who is she? Oh, she's my daughter. Where'd she come from? Well, <laughs> come <on>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where do you uh, think? 
Yeah. We're going to talk so much about that <laughs> such episode. A good but I, yeah. Such a good edit. <laughs> We're going to talk so much about that episode. It's going to be so much fun to be like, it is Greenhorn. very Greenhorn special. weird. Yeah. Very weird episode. Anyway. Anyway, I think the last thing I want to bring up is uh, two things I want to bring up is the eyeless mouth sewn person that they find inside of the vat. Really mm-hmm. scary. If I cool. saw that, I would be terrified. Stinky clone, because uh, we're all stinky, apparently. Yeah, and I just want to say Trinity Wells is doing a very bad job as a new caster. You don't go on the news and say, it's being likened to the end of days. <laughs> that like, made me actually die laughing. Trinity, <laughs> Trinity, Bubba, you can't do that. You can't do that, having, Trinity. Uh, they're very much having a moment where they're contrasting like the UK and the US media. Because I forget what they say on the UK. They're just like, oh, it's pandemonium in the streets. And the US are immediately like, it's like the Bible. <laughs> yeah. Is Trinity Wells? We talked about this, right? Trinity Wells is she going back? Oh, Trinity Wells. She's meant to be in in the in the anniversary, yeah, the sixtieth. Good. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, when when the next time for Poison Sky came up and it was immediately like British newscaster being like, "There's panic in the streets." I'm like, "Yes!" I love that. Like the news reels that show up in Doctor Who, they're just always yeah. great. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think yeah. we hit our peak at the end of the season as well with, you know, everything that uh, <laughs> with how Stolen Earth starts. You've got like Paul O'Grady talking about thinking he was drunk. It's <laughs> <sighs> wonderful. I just, man, it, it's stuff like this that just gets me so excited for that new Russell era. Um, oh, yeah. So good. Trinity Wells. Trinity, Trinity Wells. I don't Wells. care about, I don't care about David Tennant. Bring back Trinity Wells. I want to see her. <laughs> I, I, what do I you think? Like, yeah, Trinity Wells says, "End of days." Billiston mange pilled. So. <laughs> <laughs> we should get. You know, if I was Russell, I would write a recap of the last twenty years of Doctor Who through Trinity Wells. Just have her like recapping the news. We should fucking do that. Actually, that is a good idea. Uh, David, cut that because I'm gonna do that. <laughs> I am going to do that. Hold on. Absolutely. I'm going to do that, actually. <laughs> oh, fuck. That's a good idea. Yeah. All right, David, cut that. Cut that. I'll cut that. Um, also, David, cut the me saying Lenny Harry, wasted Lenny Harry. I'm trying to hold myself from saying <laughs> any bad things. <laughs> I'm trying to be nicer, guys. I'm trying to be nicer. When you meet these people, the people who make this show in person, you're like, oh, they're real people. You can't be this. You can't be that mean with them. You gotta be yeah. nicer. Yeah. Uh, it's a thing. Uh, <laughs> the last thing I want to say is R.I.P. Ross. Mm. Uh, swell guy. Loved him. Taking very, very great. Who then get absolutely murked as well. Uh, yeah, I liked him. <laughs> I liked, yeah. But I like that he was like, don't diss Ross. We like Ross. Ross is great. I like that. Yeah. It was fun. More it Ross. It was really funny that he, he, paid, he played this sort of like this fun counterpoint role. And then he shows up in at the start of the like recap in the next episode. And it's like, oh, he's dying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, was, like, he wasn't that important in the previous episode. Like they want you to remember this guy. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I was, and then yeah, I was saying to uh, David in the DMs that it's like incredible how like Dan Starkey's character gets just like point blank shot, just assassinated Got by the colonel. Yeah, man, just yeah. like blah blah blah, dead. Goodbye. It's like a glorious war, and then he gets killed, and he's like beautiful. <laughs> you know, we've been having this conversation for a while about uh, Doctor Who having real actors now uh, because of Neil Patrick Harris. Can we get Tommy Lee Jones as like a unit commander, like a transfer <laughs> from the US? I thought you were gonna say Tommy Lee Jones is a Santaran. I was like, I was like, oh, oh, no. actually, that is much better. That is much better. I'm a Santaran. <laughs> can somebody is somebody who's good at Photoshop, please Photoshop Tommy Lee Jones as a Santaran. I need to see that. I need to see that in my life. Tommy, wait, let me see if somebody's already done that. Tommy Lee Jones, Santaran. Oh God! No, We're they didn't. Curse like AI image generators tonight. I think. Oh yeah, let's go mid journey. If you're gonna destroy <laughs> society, you might as well give me Tommy Lee Jones as a Centauran. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. 
Um, I, I'm 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 pretty pretty much out of notes beyond the purple purple. Um, yeah. Uh, Sam, do you want to uh, uh, plug any anything at all? Uh, nothing in particular. Just I I am still uh, a, a strange hermit holdout on Twitter <laughs> at Sammy underscore Crow because there's nowhere else to go. I've looked. I've tried Mastodon. <laughs> I tried Co-host. I tried Hive before that fell in on itself. Oh, yeah, I get. I think there's there's nowhere yeah, like Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I gave really up. I gave up. I deactivated my account. I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. Well, it wasn't... You know what's funny? I deactivated my account, and then I made like a fake account that I don't follow anyone in just because I realized that if you're not logged in, Twitter does this thing where, even if you're logged in, they do this thing where if you go look at any random tweet and then you scroll down, at a certain point, it starts recommending you other tweets. And mm-hmm. I realized that if you're not logged in, it just recommends you all right stuff. It just goes into a straight into all right. Like I was looking at a random Doctor Who tweet and I scrolled down. I'm like, what is this about fucking (laughs) the great replacement? Why am I getting recommended this? And then it's like, oh, I just got to get logged in as a random account so I don't have to deal with this shit. Yeah. Yeah, We've started getting ads in comments as well. And uh, there was one I was reading and someone was uh, someone was arguing about somebody else getting doxxed or not. And some, and people were getting really intense in the replies being like, oh, do you have proof that they got doxxed or not? And then suddenly from like Dr. Oatker, it was just like, happy uh, pancake day. I was like, what the fuck is this brand in the replies for? And it was just this fucking ad spot. <laughs> oh my me. God. It's so bad. Do you think in 50 I mean, years when people are are rewatching Doctor Who and they see that scene where Matt is like, Twitter, I hate Twitter. They'll go, what is Twitter? Uh, they, they won't be, there'll be no society in 50 years. Oh, yeah, yeah. They'll go, ah, we're dying. We're getting killed by oh. the evil people. Yeah, Doctor Oaker's uh, social media. Just <laughs> happy practically. Um... Like it would be pretty idea. funny if in the Mad Max... I know you're trying to wrap it up. I know, I know you are, David, but I gotta say this. It would be pretty funny if in the uh, Mad Max society they still had Twitter. Just like, it's still Mad Max, but they still have Twitter. They still do. Oh, that, that's a, that, that feels like a particularly cursed SNL skirt. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually, I regret saying that. I regret saying that so much. <laughs> like just just like millennial of like dyed hair walks in they're like this is normal to us <laughs> oh, oh that's bad <laughs> um yeah that, that, that the pride posting away from my cold dead hands i will always post i'm in my my gamer era i'm in my posting era um mediocre posting i'm gonna i'm gonna plug uh I'm gonna, I, no, another plug. I'm gonna plug the Nintendo 3DS. How about that? Um, Should I get a Nintendo 3DS? Uh, <laughs> it's just because there's a few games I've always wanted to play, and there's no other way to play them. If you have the money to to buy what I assume is also expensive over there for a uh, oh hell yeah it is they have skyrocketed <laughs> in price recently. It's almost like there's something happening that's making them be more expensive. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what could it be? <laughs> it's almost like Nintendo is <laughs> on purpose making it harder. Mm. I wonder why. But yeah. <laughs> that's, 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 All right. <laughs>